0: I was just singing, reading that stuff about Jay-Z and Beyonce's albums uh, confronting each other. They could be a married couple raising their kids more or less like any married couple raising their kids listening to us right now, Mm -hmm. just with a tremendous amount of wealth. Or they could be a franchise that barely sees each other, and we we wouldn't even recognize that lifestyle, and I have no idea which. Mm. You know, it'll come out in the news someday, she hits him in the head with a golf club and they haven't, they haven't lived in the same town for 5 years or who knows
1: what yeah i wonder you know i was watching melania trump uh, get on the airplane the other day same same with them a lovely gal really uh, well put together but um models are funny that way yeah uh, she, i wonder uh, and i don't delight, uh, delight rather in, in making the uh, the tired jokes about you know how she doesn't want to be there and she's disgusted by the donald and the we rest don't of know it. that well no we don't know that but i do find myself wondering how how long she hangs around you mean per, I can, per day? It seems or a little like transactional. Long term. Long term. Maybe till Barron's like 16 and he can understand. Listen, darling. Understand what? Mummy is beautiful model. Daddy billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Very good transaction. Transi- both win. Win-win. So you don't think now it's... Now mom go. So you don't think it's possible... Her English is actually much better than that. But...
0: You don't think it's possible that she's just in love with a guy 25 years older than her and...
1: I think it's possible. I don't think it is. Well, what do I know? Mm. I know that I'm right. <laughs> Other than that, what do I know? You don't think you think it's a, a sham marriage? Mm. Donald. Is no, I just I think some of the motivation is uh, transactional. You know? But a lot of people live their lives that way. Mm-hmm. I've known women who've said, I'm looking for a rich guy. A rich guy I can get along with well enough. Fine, great, let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, it's one way to live your life. yeah, yeah I wish you well. Please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show the always fantastic Ron Meyer of Red Alert Politics. It's a uh, website uh, about politics and and the events of the world for and by millennials, don't you know? Ron, how are you?
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. I always love uh, listening to the conversations before I get on, and I'm just glad we're not talking about those topics.
1: Mm. (laughs) Nah, we we try not to drag our friends into the mud with us unless they've expressed, you know, interest in it. Would you like to speculate on either marriage?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with no, although I would say that I think, you know, I think people can start with their relationships in a certain place and then end up in others, and I don't think it's necessarily well, all that's inevitable. Money.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's a good point, and it is inevitable. I have known a couple of couples that were products of uh, arranged marriages. They're both from India, as a matter of fact, and had come to real affection and respect for each other. They didn't start the way starry-eyed Western couples mm-hmm. uh Started, but they seem to have very happy marriages. So, and uh, well, listen. The alternative of my theory is Melania coming back to the the model dorm where all the models sleep in their nineties, <laughs> and saying, "I've just fallen in love with a man. He is so wonderful. He's handsome. He's so good to me. He's so charming and sexy. Oh, I love him." And then two nights later, she comes back to the model dorm wearing a different bra and panty set, and says, oh, dear, you're never going to believe." Donald turns I out to of- be billionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. All uh, right.
2: just have one question. Have, have you guys considered fiction writing instead of radio?
1: <laughs> Political porn, yeah. All right, Ron Meyer, editor of Red Alert Politics on the line. Uh, Rahm Emanuel with an interesting idea. Um, we don't often find ourselves in agreement with Rahm, and I know you don't either. But why don't you go ahead and, and float that for him, then we'll talk about it.
2: Yeah, I don't think I've ever uh, really heard something Rahm Emanuel said and agreed with it. But it's more of a concept, and I know people could probably bicker about the specifics, but I really do like the concept that he's quoted. Basically, for high school seniors, he's requiring, and his Board of Education Chicago has agreed with him, that high school seniors have to present a plan before they graduate. A plan can include a college acceptance letter. it It can include a trade apprenticeship. Uh, acceptance. it can include going into the military. It, it could include different entrepreneur programs, but you have to, but you have to have something specific ready to go. You can't just get a diploma and think that's that. And I think the the effort is really to try to get students to think about their future and to not just think that. Going with the flow and just passing your classes is enough in the real world that, And when you get to the real world, you actually have to have something in mind about what you're going to do with your life.
0: Obviously, that wouldn't be binding. I think that would viol- violate a number of constitutional <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> situations in terms of freedom. But just the exercise itself. Now, it seems to well, me uh, any, any parent more or less should be doing that with your kid, uh, talking about that or going through that kind of structure. But I guess Emanuel's well, thinking that maybe people
1: don't.
2: Yeah, well, people aren't, especially in many of the neighborhoods
1: in in Chicago. So, Well, uh, yeah, we're talking about neighborhoods, and I know this from personal experience, that there might be a parent, and that parent is probably on drugs, or at least struggling and has no concept of education themselves. Some of these neighborhoods are really, really rough.
0: Well, I keep thinking of the Simpsons episode in which the principal asked uh, young Homer Simpson as a senior, what do you plan to do after graduation? And Homer said, I plan to party all night long, which is the way he was looking at after graduation.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I think the question becomes if we're going to pay for everyone's education, especially the more we start subsidizing college and such, when do the taxpayers say we have to have a return on investment? When do we say, "Okay, the point of making sure everyone has an education is to make sure everyone has a chance at the American dream. And when does that education include some sort of real-world acknowledgements? Now, maybe an absolute requirement isn't the answer, but that's why I'm saying it's, just, it's specifics versus concepts. And, for example, I think this would be a great idea to implement when you get a federal student loan. If you're going to get money from the federal government to go to college, which is what everyone is doing now, I think you should have to have a plan on how you, pl- how you plan to spend that money. If you're going to get a degree in X, then X better end up in a field that's likely to have a job, and you better have a plan to, to do it. Just taking out $100,000 of loans is not an answer to your future unless you have an idea about what you're going to do with
0: it. There are a number of majors that that don't have a lot of career prospects uh, after you graduate, but I'd be fine with even uh, I'm going to major in, I don't know, pick your your, your major that doesn't have much of a job outlook, but uh, I, I plan to major in blank. I realize it's unlikely I'll be able to get a job doing that, so I plan to do this. That would be right. okay for me too. Just you got you, you have to have thought somewhat about. Well,
2: that. that's part of it too. Is that you might need a backup plan. I mean, that's the funny thing. Yeah, is, and that's exactly. One of the things I pointed out is actually a flaw in Emmanuel's proposal is that a college acceptance letter it counts as a plan, and really that's no plan at all, considering that forty-three percent of co- of people who go to college don't end up finishing within six years. And so, if you know forty-three percent of the American public is going to college, isn't actually leaving with a degree then you have to say, okay, well, then what is the backup plan if you don't graduate college? And so you almost need a backup plan. But the, the idea really has to do with making sure that our institutions, our public institutions that you and I pay for, are doing more to engage with young people about the real world, not just saying, okay, well, we're going to teach you generally how to think and how to read and how to write and how to do math. But when it comes to any sort of real world, uh, practical learning, we're going to just, you know, yeah. hope for the best.
0: As, as we talk about this and as I think about it, it's it's weird that it's evolved into what it is. There, there's very little time spent, maybe no time spent on the question of how do you intend to pay for someone to, somewhere to live and for food when you're 23? Does right. anybody right. ever ask that question or even think about it? We, we've we kind of come up with this structure where we just, it just doesn't even cross our minds, I
2: guess. Think of how backwards it is, because almost all sc- schools now have gotten rid of Home Ec, which teaches you how to cook. Almost all schools have also gotten rid of any class that teaches you how to balance a checkbook or how to do basic finance. Almost every high school has gotten rid of, of any any sort of program like this that has intense counseling about your future. And so are we really preparing people for the real world? And if you don't go to college when you're 18, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you basically have to learn everything for yourself. Thank God for the Internet. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for it, but come on. If you and I are going to spend and the taxpayers are going to spend billions and billions and billions and billions every year on education K through 12 and now in college, we better start saying, okay, well what are we getting out of our investments?
1: Well, I and appreciate is this what's you. Best for the kids. I appreciate you pointing out that that is indeed the transaction that when we uh, agree that an educated populace is an important thing, we we don't just go through the motions and check a box. Uh, we understand that we're educating the populace for a reason so they are self-sufficient and productive. And let me stand up for some of the excellent teachers of the world who would love to be teaching homemaking and career skills and and, and postgraduate life skills. One of the the directly uh, connected unintended consequences of trying to hold schools "quote unquote" accountable is they have to spend all their time teaching to the test so they get good standardized test scores. You know what the and test you're... is? Life. Life is the test. All right. It's thank pass, you for that. Fail. Great. Put that on a bumper sticker. Uh, R- Ron Myers. Uh, Life on the line. is a pass-fail test. Editor Red Paul. <laughs> what does that mean? You're dead at the end. So we all fail, right? I
0: don't know, but are talking bumper sticker. That's a pretty good-looking bumper sticker.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. listen. Uh, the cynics in the audience I'm sure are pointing out that uh, your Homer Simpson types and your gangsters and your don't give a damn types they're just gonna cook up something funny or go through the motions, check the bureaucratic box uh, for old Rahm Emanuel. but I think that's that's letting perfect be the enemy of good enough. I think uh, it being it being compulsory, you tell me what are you gonna do after high school because you've accomplished virtually nothing graduating from high school i know in some hoods <laughs> yeah. it's 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 a it's a wonderful thing you, you should give I that mean, speech a, in, but high in school terms grad. of surviving for the rest of your life oh, yeah it's you, true you walk out of these hallowed halls with a your your flat hat on your head and your robe and your your diploma you, what are you going to swap flies with that thing that's about all it's useful for? it's
0: true but having just come yeah. out of graduating season with uh friends and relatives and the parties and the gifts and everything like that it's it's not exactly – nobody's given that speech. You've accomplished virtually nothing. Wake up, snowflakes. <laughs> you're useless.
1: I hope my it's 17-year-old so daughter up. who just graduated from high school is listening. <laughs> love you, sweetheart. Congratulations, yeah, I really. It's it's funny.
2: Funny. I mean, think about it. Maybe like 80 years ago, graduating from high school is worth celebrating. But now je- graduating high school and celebrating graduating high school is like celebrating mediocrity, right? Well, they reversed,
0: I mean, though. That what We talked about this last week. They reversed. It, it went from, I think – well, like when I graduated high school, I don't remember – Anybody having a party, let alone people having giant parties, relatives flying in, bands, that sort of thing. Uh, high school used to be more important, celebrated less. Now it's less important and celebrated more, which is really interesting.
2: Hey, you know, welcome to 2017 where, uh, where everything has a party and it doesn't matter. I mean, that's
1: just... We, just, we love ceremonies <laughs> in America. It's a sign of a decadent society. <laughs> Ron Meyer, editor I mean, of Red Alert uh yeah, all yeah. these are excuses to get
2: together and party. I mean, are we actually celebrating what's there? Why so is this high school graduation? there's another excuse to get together and 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 bring out the uh, the party material.
0: Speaking of teachers, he's starting to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad cell phone. Um, but yeah, you're you're quite right. I mean, we now we get to the point where Americans spend 1.3 billion dollars on Arbor Day. Right <laughs> <laughs> like, how did this happen? <laughs> Halloween went from a charming little thing where the kids go around yeah. to the neighborhood and say, t- trick or treat, to now it's... A, a, Slutfest USA! Right, and tr- $1.7 trillion is spent every year. Yeah, well, well, well but, And the
2: point is, I mean, if, if we're going to have a future with our education system that competes with the rest of the world, we have to start looking at what are we going to do to make sure that we aren't celebrating mediocrity, that we are preparing people for the real world, we're preparing people for careers of the 21st century. And I'm not sure many of our education systems are doing that. And I think that Emmanuel's proposal is not perfect, but at least it should get the conversation going on what we can do to get kids and students that we're publicly subsidizing to think about their futures.
1: Agreed. Ron Meyer, editor of Red Alert Politics. Ron, great to talk to you. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Yes. All right.
2: Have a, good, uh, have a good 5th of July or 6th of July. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Anymore. Boy, these three-day I... work
1: weeks, I'm loving them. All right. Thanks, Ron. Congratulations to you for being able to understand what he said there.
0: <laughs> I just heard, but he meant it sincerely. Uh, I have I have more on these thoughts, uh, but I'll save them for a, a few seconds from now. On what they probably ought to be teaching in school. They didn't teach it when I was in school either, but might be a good idea. Hate crime against white people in Berkeley. Stay with us. Uh, all yeah, in the way. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Interesting quote I see on the cover of USA Today today from uh, Spicy. I'm Sean Spicer. I'll knock you out of my podium. Melissa McCarthy's version of Sean Spicer. Very funny.
1: Uh, but I miss it.
0: So so Sean Spicer, you know, they've, they've taken the press conference here, and, and a lot of the video ones, they've turned off the cameras, and it's just audio, which the press is complaining about.
1: But Well, it's a good move. TV is a fad. Radio's where it's at.
0: And I understand the people who are making the argument, you know, uh, more transparency with, with, you know, we want all the TV and uh, audio we can get from these things. But
1: I also you understand... Know, always err to the side of
0: transparency. I, I have sympathy with that. And now they're doing some Skype stuff and everything like that. But Sean Spicer said it's informative to have a bunch of Beltway reporters realize that the readership are much more focused on issues that they have shown zero interest in. And we have... Uh, shown through a couple of polls recently, I mean, the, the, the media almost entirely has been telling you that the travel ban is evil when it turns out 60% of Americans think it's fine. 60
1: to 28?
0: Yeah, so it's 2 to 1 Americans think it's okay when the media entirely thinks it's a crime against the Constitution. Right.
1: Uh, and, and it's probably worth asking, to what extent r- real people give a damn either way? about this uh, topic that's gotten such intense and uh, never-ending scrutiny
0: yeah and then the rush russia trump involvement story and that sort of stuff so yeah there's a lot of the media pursuing an interest that is not necessarily what their viewers or readers either have any interest in or agree with Mm -hmm. anywho so we were having that discussion about uh, preparing people when they get out of high school it's 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 interesting and There wasn't that much discussion that I recall in high school and college either about the actual supporting of yourself, but how did we ever get here? I got to believe that years and years ago, way back in the day, that was the primary concern, right? How are you going to support yourself? Sure. How are you going to put food in your mouth and have Mm -hmm. a roof over your head? What is your plan for that? Yeah. And I just, I don't think that discussion comes up more little by little over the decades to where it's practically disappeared and it's just all about what's the most interesting fun fulfilling thing you can come up with
1: well it goes from a fundamental question to just a matter of interest for conversation the more socialist a society becomes because the idea of you have to feed yourself becomes you you probably ought to feed yourself but if you don't we will
0: that is part of it there's no doubt um the you don't know anybody that's going hungry nobody's going hungry so why would it cross your mind
1: yeah You've called for, in the past, more starvation in America. By the way, Mike- If you are able-minded and able-bodied and choose not to work, you will starve. That is your right as a free person. I don't want to take away people's right to starve.
0: My kids love playing beggar for some reason. Wow. I probably ought to decide how to handle this. But they, Wow, Do you re- release the hounds, too? Or that's- I, didn't, I didn't even know what a beggar was until I was a grown man. I'd never seen one growing up where I grew up. But they see them all the time, everywhere we go, where we live. And so they, they, they set up these uh, homeless camps in our bushes. And they bring like uh, sleeping bags in there, and they got little toy shopping carts. They put stuff in, <laughs> and wow. they make signs <clears throat> that say "money please." And wow, they do the full beggar experience, sit in their chairs there, and they look sad. They even do the sad
1: look. Do you give with them their money? Because if you do, you're just encouraging. I it. have not. Oh, you haven't driven by and <laughs> held out some dollars? <laughs> uh, give me two quarter.
0: <laughs> but um. D- m- n- I haven't been in school in a long time and my kids are little, so I don't know if they have this in high school, but what if you, what if you had a class or at least a portion of a class where you said, where do you want to live? Where, where, where's your place you want to live when you're, when you, when you're 22, where do you picture yourself? The moon. (laughs) Yeah. They picture, they pick a town. Right. And they say whatever town they say. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to live in, uh, uh, New York city. Okay. Pick a city. Okay, then let's go to the Internet and find out what the average rent is there. Mm-hmm. Figure out what the rent is. Okay, this is how much your rent is going to be. Let's figure out some food costs and then pick an amount of money that will take. And then you figure out with taxes involved and everything like that, this is how much money you would need to make a year just to pay for your rent and your food and, you know, pick a vehicle or transportation. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd be a pretty interesting exercise.
1: And let's look at starting salaries for various jobs.
0: I think it would be pretty eye-opening. Especially if you factor in the taxes, because I mm-hmm. don't think a lot of young people factor that in at all, um, and, and say you're going to have to make this much money if you want to live there. It'd be pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, then go around with the various average salaries for various jobs. And you wouldn't find out, well, for New York City, for instance, or San Francisco or any of your more expensive cities that a lot of kids want to live in, you probably wouldn't find very many jobs that their average salary would cover what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have four
1: roommates or whatever. Well, yeah. But just so you have that conversation. Yeah. Everybody ought to know how credit cards work. Everybody ought to know how bank accounts work. Everybody ought to know how uh, car insurance works. Yeah. and, and some of the good schools touch on this stuff a little bit. They've got, like, a homeroom life skills thing, depending on the local curriculum. But it ought to be, uh, it ought to be more. It ought to be a, a huge part of what they do, in my opinion. Well, that's the whole
0: point. See, that that's what we've gotten away from. The entire point of being alive on Earth, isn't it, is to be able to grow up to support yourself? Yes. Isn't that the entire
1: point? And to reproduce. If you want to get really primal. Well, but anyway, you gotta survive. The beast must feed itself.
0: Yeah, if you factored all that stuff, so you uh, what kind of car do you want to drive? You, insurance, this is what insurance is gonna cost. You put all that stuff together, you'd come up with a, a nut you've gotta meet, and then it would it would definitely start the wheels a turning, I think, in a in a young person. Right. Well but, either I need to change my mind to where I want to live or what I want to drive, or come up with a different something.
1: But we live in a world in a world. Where not an obscure backbencher, but the leader of the Democrat Party during the Obamacare uh, debate lead up was saying not only n- n- does she disagree with the notion that the beast must feed itself, but we the people should feed the beast so that if they want to be a poet, they can be a poet and not have to worry about the realities of life. In that case, paying for health insurance or what I have would you.
0: like to. Honestly, have a conversation with people who believe that and have them honestly explain to me how you think that's going to work. Do you think there are a certain number of people that don't want to be rock guitar players and poets that do want to be insurance salesmen no. that
1: will fund all the people that want to be poets? Or... No freaking way. I'd be a model, man. I want to work here at this uh, middle management job.
0: I don't want to be an actor in a band. I want to go I'll go work in a uh, a manufacturing plant. Sure. Yeah, I if want you want to, be, to be a writer, if you want to be a comedian, if you want to be a camera person. And, and I'm happy to do the job at the plant and pay taxes So for the people who want to be comedians. Oh, yeah.
1: No yeah. way I'd be a photographer. I want to be assistant manager of this restaurant.
0: Is that what she actually believes, though? You, no. You, you have no. to or the math doesn't work out.
1: It, it works out great. Well, Until every, you're out of
0: office. Since we know that everybody wants to be a guitar player or a poet or a baseball player or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that isn't going to work out and provide them any living, that that's
1: nonsense. Right. But you get votes for it by the hundreds of millions. Okay. It's, so you think it's just a seductive point of view. So you think well, it's just a cynical... They're sincere socialists. Absolutely. Okay,
0: what do they believe? Do they believe there's a certain number of people that want to do the, the grunt work that will pay the taxes so other people can be poets? Because they can't believe that. What life experience would lead you to believe that?
1: I don't know. I think they probably think there's enough of a meritocracy left among, say, photographers that you know a certain number of people will give up and become drones. Um, but they naively believe that the incredibly productive and, and and wonderful engine of capitalism will continue no matter how much they abuse it. That is the mistake mm. socialism always makes.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. You and just you know, that...
1: the examples are myriad through history. Once you crush entrepreneurialism and and aspiration and the ability to get more, you crush the engine uh, of productivity that provides all the cash that makes socialism work briefly, temporarily it works.
0: You can even take that class I was talking about further as you explore people's, you know, I want to be in a band. Okay, let's find out what the average starting bar band plays because that pays because that's what we're going to start out and you're going to make... $25 Twenty-five dollars per gig split among the four of you, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is
1: fairly accurate. Well, and, yeah, it depends. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you might get twenty-five bucks a man, and you've you know you've worked well, for seven hours. Yeah, yeah you know. you're
0: each going to get twenty-five bucks right. after you you pay for everything, and right. uh, and so you pay you play three nights a week. That's seventy-five dollars a week. With right. Your your bar
1: thing, right? Minus so the what's... cost of guitar strings. <laughs> right, you, you've lost thirty dollars. <laughs> How many gigs would you have to do to afford an apartment for a
0: day, seven days a week? Exactly. Which a lot of working musicians practically do, like people who actually make a living at it. Yeah. Yeah. There's people that guy, uh, my parents took me to see in the, uh, in Arizona, one of your tourist towns. And that guy, I, I saw him twice on this trip. At different locations, the guy was like fifty years old playing guitar in a band. Right. But he had an all-day gig at this one place, and then he had a night gig another place to make his living as a guitar player. He's playing mm-hmm. like nine gigs a week because that's what you have to do sure. if you want to survive as a guitar player. I just I don't I'm, I'm amazed we don't go through this process in school more. I guess we're preparing people for something different.
1: Well, we're teaching to the test because we've decided as a society we're going to have the standardized test is life.
3: Tests. I told you And it's pass <laughs> fail.
1: <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> That's the real test. I'm going to move into the bushes with your children. No wonder they live out there. Yeah, and
0: and my son spelled money m o. I forget how he spelled it. He didn't spell it correctly. That's, That's a, a fail. That's fail. Actually, That's actually, right. actually, that can help because people think ah oh, is illiterate.
1: He can't work. <laughs> right.
0: Trump's America failed him in education. Wow. I'll give, so good I'll give point. Him, I'll give him some money. Good point. He might have said, "I know it's misspelled." It's to make you think I can't get a job. Wow, he's playing three-dimensional chess. (laughs) Yeah, no
3: kidding. (laughs) How did they spell money? Was it (laughs) M-O-N-K-N-E-E?
0: Let's get the new, or what's coming up in the news with Marshall Phillips? Well,
3: the day before the big Trump-Putin meeting, Russia's blocking diplomatic moves against North Korea. No, please. And we've got more on the multi-million dollar Hobby Lobby bust. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty.
1: Leave Hobby Lobby alone. Let them collect Bible artifacts.
0: Yeah, I like what they're doing. I think it's a good idea. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, yo, yo. I'm going to get it on a t-shirt. I'm going to start selling them. I'm begging you. Please. It's my catchphrase. Yo, yo, yo. Please no. It's like the F word. You can use it in so many different ways. (laughs) Is it?
3: (laughs) Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, a day before President Trump set to meet, uh, meet rather, with uh, Russian President Putin, UN diplomats say that Russia has blocked UN Security Council approval of a statement that strongly condemns North Korea's launch of an intercontinental ballistic missile and renew a pledge to take further significant measures. Ah, that in
0: and $1. fifty will get you a cup of coffee.
3: The diplomats, speaking on condition of anonymity because the discussions have been private, said North Korea's closest ally, China, had agreed to the text. According to one of the diplomats, Russia's objecting because the proposed statement said the launch was of an intercontinental ballistic missile. Russia insists it might have actually been a medium-range missile.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. I wonder if Russia and China talked behind the scenes and China said, we're going to go along with it to get Trump off our back as long as we know you're going to vote it down.
1: You know, there's an old Ukrainian saying, God created the GOAT. The devil, the Russian. I don't know what that means. I think it's an insult. Meanwhile, they are dancing in the streets in North
3: Korea. Now, is
1: I that's Korean for let's get this party started, <laughs> yes. yo.
3: Thousands of North Koreans. Somebody scream. Thousands of North Koreans rallying in uh, Kim Sung Square in the country's capital, celebrating the launch of their country's first intercontinental ballistic missile. They
0: were rallying because they were told to rally, and if you don't rally enthusiastically enough, they feed you to dogs. That's what's going on.
3: Rally followed by a fireworks display along the banks of a river running through the capital. Can I eat
1: those fireworks? (laughs) Oh, boy. You know what the Tartars said about the Russians, Jack? <laughs> if you have a Russian friend, keep the Polacks on the hip. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Hobby Lobby stores agreeing to pay a $3 million... I don't f- have a Polacks. I need one. <laughs> Hobby Lobby stores agreeing to pay a $3 million fine and give up thousands of smuggled ancient Iraqi artifacts that the government charges were intentionally mislabeled when they were sent to this country. The uh, Oklahoma-based arts and crafts supplies chain made a deal to buy over 5,500 artifacts for uh, more than a million and a half dollars back in 2010. Prosecutors said Hobby Lobby went ahead with the acquisition even after being warned by an expert that it had hired that the artifacts might have been looted from historical sites in Iraq. A dealer in the United Arab uh, Emirates shipped the packages containing the artifacts with labels that describe the contents as ceramic
1: Piles. Well, yeah, see, all that stuff is getting looted from Iraq and all over the Middle East and, and often destroyed by ISIS or Muslim fundamentalists or whatever. So the people from Hobby Lobby are thinking it's going to end up somewhere. How about somewhere where we'll cherish it and preserve it? So, yeah, the stuff is absolutely looted, but it's chaos in that part of the world. Lady Gaga coming to the defense of Ed Sheeran after he's been
3: targeted by online bullies. Earlier this week, Sheeran told a British newspaper he'd come off Twitter completely because there's nothing but people saying mean things on the social media site. And Lady Gaga smelling publicity, which she can from three miles away. Gaga saying there's no reason to tear down an artist simply because they are on top. She encouraged people to be positive and not hateful and mean. Good luck with that.
0: There's no reason for millionaire musicians to get their feelings hurt from strangers on the
1: Internet. What are you even looking at your Twitter? Hire somebody. Know. I don't know. Hey, thanks for your input. Good to hear from you. Just to everybody.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm strong
3: Getty Show, the voice of the West.
0: And people like you enough to have made you a gazillionaire in your twenties, so I would think that would help you with your your self-esteem somewhat. When you fill a stadium full of tens of thousands of people cheering your name, isn't that enough?
1: And can you get to his age without coming to terms with the the idea that not everybody is going to love it? That seems very odd to me. Yeah. I mean, people are scumbags on the internet, but I think my son was 12 when he said to me, Dad, hater's going to hate. Seriously. Um,
0: So the petering out part of the show coming up.
1: Oh, yeah. Hate crime against white people in Berkeley. Stay tuned for the terrifying details.
0: (laughs) Got one funny text about what their plan was for when they got out of high school. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. From the text line, support your kids' dreams. If they like to play beggar, have them try to live it out for a day or two. They have to live over for whatever they collect, wash in public restrooms. <laughs> <laughs> be a great learning experience.
1: <laughs> I think that might be, be wasted on a five-year-old. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, it could be. It
0: probably does look fun, the whole begging thing. You get to sit outside in the sun.
1: Police at the People's Republic of Berkeley are investigating a wave of graffiti on cars and homes in a neighborhood south of the UC Berserkly campus. Police say there were 35 incidents of spray-painted graffiti, including 17 cars with slashed tires.
0: I would hate that if that happened.
1: Around about Hillside Avenue and Prospect Street. I know it well. They're investigating it as a hate crime. 30-plus in six and a half hours, one of the victims had F.U. spray-painted on his Jeep. Um, blah, 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 blah. Some of the messages contain the anarchist symbol, like the uh, others said F. white people and F. the cops. Clearly a hate crime. Well, if
0: you believe in that sort of thing, which I don't, but if if you're going to have
1: a class, uh, uh, a hate crime, I'm sorry, I also just saw some more graffiti. Class warfare with the anarchist, uh, A. Um, but a lot of anti-white graffiti. I'm sure the police will investigate it as a hate crime until the city fathers inform them that, you know, there there can't be racism against white people because of the historical inequities. It's only the downtrodden that can claim racism, and the police will be forced to suspend the investigation. But I say to you, Berkeley coppers, do your best. We realize you work in a bizarro world in a ha- hall of mirrors.
0: Uh, in 11th grade, I had to do a career report on what I planned to do. I chose Rodeo Clown. I ended up in sales. Nothing wrong with being a Rodeo Clown.
1: Nor a salesman.
0: No. No. Neither one.
1: My one... Uh, rodeo Clown Supply Salesman? My grabs.
0: my seven-year-old wants to currently. It changes a lot when you have little kids. You probably know this. But uh, my seven-year-old currently wants to work in a junkyard <laughs> so he can make cool monster trucks out of pots. Oh, wait a minute. And my five-year-old generally, most days he wants to be a policeman. I think he currently wants to be a drag racing truck driver. But uh, Wow. All fine careers. Sure. Uh, Rewarding. Have a music store that's willing to stock my Yo-Yo-Yo t-shirts once I get them printed up, so I'm already off and running with that.
1: Wow. Hey, fantastic. The distribution centers already lining up. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, will you stock my t-shirts with my new slogan, catch me outside, how about that? <laughs>
0: That's really good. Did you just come Thank up with that? You. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like that. So Trump and Putin meet tonight, our time. It'll be while we're asleep. Yeah. yeah. And will we have any idea what they talked about, or just their own versions of it? I was the just right, that, yeah. Ahead, I was Marshall. just
3: reading a rundown in the Washington Post, and their uh, his staff is saying Fake they have news. They have no idea what they're going to be talking about. None. Whatever and, comes up, it's get acquainted. And in fact, Trump is mostly concerned about getting lectured by Angela Merkel. He's not that worried about meeting <laughs> <laughs>
0: with, with Putin. Climate change, blah, blah,
3: blah, yeah,
1: blah, Yeah. An angry old German lady yelling <laughs> at you. Who wants that? If I were Trump, I'd be concerned about what P- Putin's going to try to put in my tea. Get a belly full of polonium. Wake up with no hair and your eyes falling out or what have you. It's a serious stuff. Huh? They,
0: they could both walk out with completely different versions of what the conversation is oh, yeah. like. No oh, it's doubt almost, about that. it's oh, yeah.
1: almost assured, yeah.
0: Uh, let's hear our guest announcer. Live from Studio C, C-Senior, and in accordance with all FCC rules and regulations of which we pay very careful attention to, yeah, right, it's Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty.
1: Si, senor. Of which we pay very close attention to? What? That was a grammatical nightmare, sir. Here's your
0: host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final
1: thought from everybody. Hey, Positive Sean. Final thought.
0: Uh, yeah, it was the, the one-year anniversary of the Pokemon Go event. I was out yesterday, just uh, ran into a bunch of, like, 20 people. Age ranges from 10 to 50. It was really interesting. Fantastic. I got, I got, I got nothing else, so I just had to talk 10 about to Pokemon to 50. Go. 50? Yeah, yeah. 50-year-olds playing Pokemon. Sad. Vincent, final thought. What? You, you heard me. Rule
3: 19. Vincent, final thought. Yeah. name of the day goes to Joe Getty yes. for the sour peanuts. Dual award winners for bond of the day, Jack and Michael. Very impressive here. For is a group that's been declared terrorists, Eskimos, or chiropractors. Hilarious. <laughs> Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? Well, I know in the yeah, this flies in the face of our discussion about skilled trades. I've got relatives coming in from Germany. One's an experimental classical musician. The other is a performance uh, performance artist. Wow. Both have been making a living for. For years now they're heading to Buffalo for university teaching jobs. Wow, the both of them? Yep.
1: Michelangelo, what's your final thought? If your son uses an electric drill to drill a perfect circle in the high school girls locker room wall, he's not a pervert, he's crying out for a trade school. <laughs> College is not for every kid. Wow. wow. Eloquent. Jack, what's your f- 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 final thought?
0: With the various stuff we've learned in the last week or so talking about this topic, I am going to spend a lot of time discussing with my children what they uh, what they want to do, what things are realistic and, and less realistic, and what it costs to actually survive, because apparently you don't pick up that skill in any of our institutions, that mm-hmm. skill.
1: My final thought is, oh, to videotape the Putin and Trump meeting oh, yeah. and break down and study the various techniques and, and strategies they each use to Either cajole each other, get under each other's skin, trying to dupe each other, bond, whatever. I just, I wish I could be there.
0: Trump is physically so much bigger. It'll be an interesting dynamic just with that.
1: Putin could kill you with his eyelid. (laughs) Yes. Big man, fall hard. No problem.
0: I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Trump's been in a few uh, bluster-offs in his life with various... People who feel like they're the, the swinging Richard. So
1: true enough. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four hour workday. Don't drink the tea, Donald. So many people who think so little time get in touch, would you? If there's something we ought to be talking about, you can email it to Armstrong and Getty at yahoo.com. We got some links for you at Armstrong and Getty Radio.com.
0: We will see you tomorrow with all the latest. God bless
2: America.
1: This is a uh
3: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
1: Thank you and good night.
3: <laughs> the show's over. What?
1: Bye-bye. This is Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.